This episode includes a discussion of sexual assault and rape. Please take care of yourself and only listen if these are safe topics for you. If you need to talk to someone or need further resources, the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. Please listen at your discretion. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of the hosts, Asia Bonilla. And I'm Charles Sheelan, the other host. And today we're finishing the third Twilight book, Eclipse. And we have a special treat for you as well. As we like to tell you every week, we're a book club podcast with the Nerd Party Network. And we're reading and rereading young adult books and sharing them with each other. And this is the third book of our third series on the show. Yep. As best friends, we're sharing these books with each other. We turned it into a podcast. We tell you this every week. We like to alternate series one of us, that one of us has read before and one of us is reading for the first time. So this is Asia's 100th time reading Twilight and my first. So it's a fun read. And I've been really, really enjoying this series, actually. Despite the syntactic simplicity, which I bring up every week, I have been enjoying the plot quite a lot. Also, I think we can make our announcement now, since everyone will have seen it in the podcast feed. Asia, do you want to do the honors? Yes. So this week we released our first ever bonus episode. So in addition to this episode, which is the second half of Eclipse, we released a mini companion episode on the Eclipse novella, The Short Second Life of Brie Tanner. And you can listen to the bonus episode right now. Yeah, so Brie Tanner is a novella that tells us about the last week of Brie Tanner's life after becoming a vampire in Victoria's Revenge Coven. So Stephanie Meyer wrote it, and it adds a little bit of color to the universe, and it's a really fun thing to read in addition to Eclipse this week. And like I said, it's already actually in the Throwback Paperback podcast feed, so wherever you're listening to this episode, you should already be able to see the Brie Tanner episode as well, and you can listen right afterwards. Without further ado, I can jump into this, which is our main episode for the week, which is, and it's my turn to cover summary duty, so I can just get right into the second half of Eclipse. So we have some rising tension as the newborn coven seems to get closer and closer to attacking. The werewolves and Cullens decide together that they will take on the newborns, so they start practicing for taking out newborns. We also have Edward, Jacob, and Bella devising a strategy to divert Bella away from the fight. And we have some bad behavior on Bella's part and Jacob's too, but obviously we've had a lot of that from Jacob. Then we have our newborn battle, Edward being an amazing person and fighter. And then we have Bella finally preparing for the wedding and telling Jacob it is over forever. We have a lot to talk about, so let me just pop in with my first impression really quickly. And that was mostly that I'm mad at Bella we're going to talk about it, I'm sure, a little bit at the end, and her justification, or at least the explanation we get at the end, is it it helps. It makes me less mad at her, but I am maybe less mad. I'm more disappointed in Bella. But what about you, Asia? What about your impression? Yeah, I just, I really, really dislike Bella in this entire book and everything that happens with Jacob and how can she do that to Edward? She's just... I just remember, I mean, even as a kid reading this, like, I just remember being, like, really frustrated with her. But, yeah, that's honestly, like, I still think this is my favorite book overall because my favorite section of the reading is the last 
the last section of Breaking Dawn. That's definitely my favorite part of the whole series. But as a book for a whole, I do think Eclipse is the most interesting because we get a lot with the Cullen's backgrounds. We get to hear Rosalie's background. We get to hear Jasper's, which is really fun. We also get to see the werewolves and vampires come together and fight together. And we learn a lot more about newborn vampires. And we even get a little bit of the Volturi. So like, I definitely think this is the most exciting book as a whole. It just sucks that this is the book where to me, this is Bella's like, this is her worst, the worst part for her character. Yeah, definitely. This is definitely her lowest point, at least in my estimations. We dive right into graduation and her party afterwards. Jacob, of course, crashes the graduation party and he brings her some jewelry and Bella's basically forgiving him for assaulting her. So I'll let you take this one, Asia. Yes. Well, before we get into that quickly, I just wanted to give Charlie a little bit of props, like not that much because he was still on Jacob's side, but he does kind of make up a little bit for his terrible behavior in the last reading because he does when they're talking about Bella's hand and like how she broke her hand punching Jacob, he's like, Oh, I should have taught you how to do, how to punch better, like how to throw a decent punch because she, and she's like, I thought you were on Jacob's side. And he's like, well, if you don't want him kissing you, you should, he shouldn't be kissing you. So he like kind of goes back on what he said earlier. It definitely doesn't take away from the fact that he said like, good job, Jacob. Like that was bad. But at least we do get that. He was like, he recognized that it was wrong. He shows a tiny bit of remorse. We'll give him that. A tiny bit, which is better than nothing. Still not better than Jacob. No remorse. Yes. But then we still have Jacob being creepy as usual. And I had so much to say on him and I just need to go off on him a little bit because Jacob's behavior literally makes me want to scream. But the fact that Bella just buys into it and like, lets him get away with pretty much anything. It just, it makes me want to punch someone. (laughs) And I am not a violent person, but it's so, so frustrating. And Jacob, when they break, crash the party or whatever, Jacob like makes Bella feel guilty for not immediately accepting his apology and like not giving him any attention, you know, after he literally assaulted her. And she just immediately caves. She always is like when he gets like his sad face, like lets his mask fall and he gets sad. She just can't help but like forgive him immediately. And I'm like, that is literally manipulative behavior. He is literally an abuser. Like he hurts you. Then he adamantly apologizes. And then he basically gives you the equivalent of puppy dog eyes. And then you're just like, oh, I forgive you. Even though you know he's going to do the same thing again. And he does something even worse, we're not going to get into that just yet. But I also wrote down that it was really funny that because Jacob's like, what's going on? Where are all the vampires like? Because they're about to have like their meeting and Alice comes over and Jacob tries to block her path with his arm, like so that she'll tell him like what's going on. And Jasper literally appears out of nowhere. Like that's what's written in the book. Like Bella's like one second he was there or one second he wasn't there. Then another second he was there to like defend Alice. And I just thought that was so funny because yes, Jasper, please kill Jacob. We're, we're just waiting for someone to kill Jacob. Kill Jacob. Kill Jacob. I'm ready for him to die. But then the Cullens actually decide to work with the werewolves and they're going to join forces to defeat this newborn army that's coming to Forks to basically get Bella. Yeah, and that's important and 
really, I just personally think that gives the werewolf, the vampires credit for being willing to trust the werewolves because, you know, the Cullens are amazing. And then we get these sessions where the Cullens are, where Jasper's teaching the Cullens and the werewolves how to kill newborns. And during these sessions, we get some big developments. So first off, we have Alice knowing that Bella wants to be reckless. She can see Bella running out and doing something during the battle, which is going to cause trouble. And Alice is like, don't do it again, because we know Bella loves to do that. Then we have Bella forgiving Jacob. And that made me super mad. Like when she's like flirting with him in wolf form, I was like, Bella, why are you doing this? Please stop. And we find out that Leah Clearwater has become a werewolf, which is, we didn't know a woman could become a werewolf. So that's kind of exciting, but also, you know, new. And what else do we find out during these sessions? Oh, we find out that Bella has, by seeing the werewolves and the vampires together, she's now more sure that she wants to be a vampire. Like, she's ready to make the transformation. Because last reading, graduation sort of crept up on her, and she's like, I don't think I'm ready but seeing the preparation for the fight, she's like, no, I am ready now. So on all those things, anything you want to respond to, Asia? Yeah, so I think I understand kind of why, well, we already knew Bella was going to be reckless because she, I mean, she gets the idea from the whole third wife legend that she hears when she goes through the werewolf council meeting or whatever. And so we that totally makes sense with her character. Like she wants to get herself in trouble. But I also just wanted to say that her kind of finally being sure of that she wants to be a vampire, like not a, not even just like because Edward is all adamant, like not when the knife's over your head, but she's just like, I don't want to have to make all my loved ones defend me while I'm the one who's literally in danger and causing all these people to be in danger. Like she wants to be able to defend herself. So I totally, I understand that. Like she doesn't want to be breakable anymore. And like she knows like she wants to be a vampire so she can be with Edward forever. But it's like, she doesn't want to have to constantly be endangering all her loved ones for the sake of her living. So like, I totally get that. That was like the confirmation for her because again, for some reason she just really loves Jacob and the werewolves. And I for some reason she sees them as much more breakable than the vampires. But then when developing the plan, Bella ends up telling Edward that she wants him to stay with her during the battle which I know she feels super guilty about this for like taking him off the battlefield. And I was like, I don't think that's really selfish at all of her to ask because I mean, she has a valid reason. Like if it was the other way around, like Edward would not let Bella go. Like if, if Bella were a vampire or something like she could protect herself, there's no way Edward would let her. And we even get proof with that when, Al, um, we get proof with that when Bella asks Alice, if like, would you let Jas- Jasper go without you? And she like doesn't answer the question because she wouldn't either because that's like your partner and you're not gonna, you don't want to be in a position where something could happen to them and you wouldn't even, you wouldn't have any control over that. So I don't think that was selfish at all. And then she even goes to the fact that like, she knows what it's like to lose him for when he left her. And like, she, that was when he like left her and like she thought that he didn't want her but to imagine that he loved her and he got killed trying to protect her like I don't think she would definitely jump off a cliff and (laughs) she wouldn't be able to live with herself especially with her like having no self-worth like there's no way so I didn't think that was that selfish even though like there's multiple times she talks about how guilty she feels and especially because I'm like Edward wouldn't do it if he if he had any doubts at all that 
the vampires would be in danger by him not being there. But he's, sure, he's like, with the werewolves there, with our training, there's no threat. And so I'm willing to be with Bella. And I didn't think it was selfish of her at all to ask for that. Also because, like, again, Bella's still going to be in danger somewhere else. Like, when she's like, I feel like a vampire needs to be watching me. I was like, not a bad idea because... Also, yeah, that's why I was also thinking, I mean, even if, yeah, if you took away the emotion out of it, logically, like, it makes no sense if she's the target for her. I mean, I know they said they were going to put Seth, but, like, she definitely needed kind of a bodyguard, too, because, like, what if one of the newborns got away and then also i mean they eventually realize like that it's probably victoria like victoria's gonna be looking for bella so like shouldn't she want more protection than just one very young werewolf so like i think even for logical points like i'd be like i'm I'm afraid i don't want to be without you because i want you there to protect me like definitely yeah so i just thought it was funny i i do understand she does say about like she doesn't want to make him choose between her and his family but like Bella, come on. We already know there's no choice. He's choosing you. Also, also you're part of his family. The reason the whole Cullen clan yeah. agrees to it is because they're like you're part of our family and we therefore need to protect you as well. Yeah. Exactly. And then also in her making up with Jacob, so even though we don't understand why, but Bella forgives Jacob for that um sexual assault, but at least Bella does acknowledge his Jacob's unwanted kiss on her as an assault. She describes it as an assault and she still forgives him, but she tells him that she's like, she's gonna like, that's how I remember it. It was an assault. And like, he gets a little butthurt about it, but like, that's what it was, Jacob. Like what, what did you expect? You assaulted her and she might be stupid enough to forgive you, but at least she has some common sense to be like, no, that was an assault. But Ooh, yeah, Bella's so frustrating. She used the actual word, which was a real surprise to me. I didn't, I didn't see that coming, but it was a nice, pleasant surprise that she identified it correctly. And yes, she shouldn't have forgiven him, but whatever. It's going to get way worse than that in a second. <laughs> and yeah, I'm already mad thinking about it. But <laughs> before the battle, we have an Bella Edward side conversation. So Bella wants to have human sex before she transforms. Because she's worried that after she transforms, because of the nature of vampires, thirst will be her number one driving factor. So even though she'll enjoy sex with Edward, she wants to know what it'll be like without the taint of thirst. I which think, is actually not an I unreasonable think it's a request. valid point, honestly. Oh, yeah. Well, she, she says it. And he's like, you'll be able to control the thirst. But he's, he kind of admits it, too. He's like, you know, even though we can restrain ourselves from the thirst, like, you're right, that it will always be a dormant feeling. So... I kind of smart of her. And then Edward's like, he wants to, he will try after marriage because he'll do anything for Bella. And then he really says, super sweet. He's like, he wants to save his virginity for after marriage because it's the only virtue he has left. Personally, I disagree with this because I think that one, Bella is right, that Edward is a good person and that's a virtue. But I understand his time period. I also personally don't really think of virginity as a virtue in that sense. But I, and again, I understand this is Edward's upbringing. Yeah. And while I, like, I don't agree with his sentiment on it, I do think it's very tender, especially because he's a hundred years old and he, he's basically been saving himself for her. Not in a, he's waited a hundred years for her, but he's never been with anyone because there's no one that's been right for him. And the fact that he's finally found the person, it is, it is, it is sweet. Again, I don't necessarily agree with his logic, but I do think that it is a a very tender moment. And then 
He gives her a hunk and a huge diamond for her bracelet. And he's like, it's a metaphor for me. Rock solid. I sparkle. My heart is yours. Very, very sweet. And most importantly, he shows her the engagement ring. And it was such a cute moment because he's so excited to show her the ring. Like, he's like a puppy. He's like, can I show you the ring? Can I show you the ring? And she's like, no. And he's like, okay. And she's like, okay, fine. And then he's, oh, it was really, really romantic. I was really into it. And just to circle back to something you mentioned earlier about Edward staying. So, yes, we both think that Edward should stay with Bella during the fight. And then, as if we needed more confirmation that Edward is the right person for her, Bella literally says to Jacob, she's like, you're not going to stay for me during the fight, are you? Even if I asked you to, he's like, no, I need to fight because I need to kill people because that is my joy. (laughs) And Edward is like, what Bella wants makes me happy. Bella wants me there so I don't get the pleasure of killing the newborns who want to kill her. And again, he he puts his desires after hers, proof that he loves her. Jacob does not put his desires after hers because he just wants to possess her. Yes, yeah. We hate Jacob. Anyway. So much. Which this brings us nicely to the camping trip diversion with Bella and Edward and Jacob freezing in the June snowstorm. I know they're in the Northwest, but like, this sounds like a crazy, crazy storm. I cannot imagine it snowing here in June. I would die. I mean, I would love it. If you remember, we've probably mentioned this on a podcast. We're based out of New York City, so June in New York is the furthest thing from snow. But I would like that cool air. Okay, but to the camping trip. (laughs) I'm so mad. (laughs) This happens. I feel like this happens every episode. I have to calm myself down these days because I'm so mad at Jacob. So Jacob is half naked because you know he can't he can't be bothered to put on clothes like a decent human like cover up. And he gets into her sleeping bag half naked. So my problem is, again, as we know, Jacob does not respect Belle's boundaries. But I'm like, even if you like her, if you like her as much as you say, you should be respectful of her. But he, because he could have warmed her up by being on the outside of her sleeping bag. It wouldn't have killed him. Like, uh, she still could have gotten I don't warm. Know. I, I don't have that much of an issue with that. I think it could have been much worse. Also, the fact of, like, Bella was, like, she she was warm and she just passed out because she was freezing. So, like, it was definitely uncomfortable. And I think she's even, like, she she didn't enjoy it. But, like, I can't imagine, like, I if you like were freezing. I feel he could have put on a shirt and, to get in the sleeping bag. But he didn't have a shirt. He doesn't have one. But he could have put one on. But he didn't. He could just. He didn't. Remember, he doesn't. that's on him. He didn't have one. And, like, it's not like they had a. Edward He's also having too much fun enjoying it. He's like, look what I can do, Edward. I but can go in and warm her up. at least for that part, essentially, like, Bella's supposed to be, like, asleep, like, dreaming, listening to them. Yeah, well, we get, That part, you know, in comparison Bella's to what asleep. happens after this, is no, it's not that bad. That's true. This is true. And we're not going to spend too much time on the Edward-Jacob conversation, but it's really, honestly, for me, that more just points out how amazing Edward is. Because he can obviously read Jacob's mind, and he's like, in fairness to you, out of respect to you as someone that Bella cares about, I will answer any questions you have. And Jacob asks some pretty mean and personal questions, and he again, he's still super prejudiced and rude to Edward, and Edward is so calm, and he answers all his questions truthfully. And Jacob still feels like he can win Bella, which again, the language that he has is so bad, because Bella is not a trophy, she's a person, and he doesn't feel that way, he feels like he's competition for her. 
Well, can I jump in really quick? I just wanted to add two. Yeah. I think Jacob adds like, oh, if Bella picks me, like, are you going to kill me? And Edward's like, I would never do that. I would never hurt her like that. And Jacob makes some kind of comment of like, oh, like you're not even you. You're so much better at the game. Like he constantly makes that like it's a game to win Bella's heart. And he's like, he's just way better at the game. He's manipulating you. And Bella's like, he's not manipulating me. He just actually really loves me. You're the one who's trying to manipulate me because I don't love you. And you don't know how and you don't actually love me. So the only way you can try to get me is by trying to convince me and like like being manipulative. Like I just. It it's very infuriating. Like that's why I would have killed Jacob. I would have killed Jacob at the end of this book. I would have killed him. He really deserves it. So we get to the big part. So the next morning we have Edward and Bella. They're talking, and you know they're soulmates. So they're you know reconnecting. Now that she's not freezing, she's happy again. Jacob, being the creep he is, eavesdropping when he already said he left. And Bella, you know, because she's talking to her soulmate, she's like, you're my soulmate, Edward. I chose you. And Jacob hears it, that he cries like a little baby and he runs away. Well, you know, but they it's specifically because they talk about the marriage, that they're getting married. Yes. Yes. Bella's like, I still want to marry you. I still want to go with our plan. And again, something that Bella has said, she's been telling Jacob that for a long time. Jacob, like, has deluded himself into believing that's changed. He cries like a baby and runs away. And this is when Bella gets really bad on my end. Bella gets hysterical. And I hesitate to use that word in reference to a woman because that is completely ridiculous. Like, the whole, like, women having uteruses making them, therefore, like, hysterical and irrational. Obviously not true. That is sexism and misogyny. But Bella's behavior in this moment is the definition of hysterical, where she's running around screaming and crying. And she's like, I feel badly for hurting Jacob by choosing Edward. And it really, 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 really bothers me because this is where her, like, selflessness is ridiculous and unbelievable and unrealistic because he is the only person who's ever thought that she's going to end up with him. He's deluded himself into that. He's told himself that she is not responsible for his feelings of pain because she's been completely clear that she doesn't feel that way about him. So it really bothers me that she feels responsible for his pain when his pain is entirely his fault. Okay, so I think I think this is less selfless spell, and I think the reason why she's clinging so much to Jacob is actually being is her being a little bit selfish. But first, before I get into that, I wanted to also point out how Bella kind of gets mad at Edward because obviously with their supersonic hearing or whatever, Edward knew that Jacob was still there. She, He knew that he was listening to them. Yeah, he could read his thoughts. He, oh, yeah, Jacob, he, can, and he Edward, can read his Jacob thoughts. Jacob was still in his range. So she was like, you knew he was listening. And I'm like, that is so hurtful to Edward. Like, you, you saw how excited he got when he showed you the ring last night. Like, he wants to marry you, and you're acting like you're embarrassed. Like, and I understand you're trying to protect Jacob's feelings, which is like, like we said, unacceptable, like, Jacob is, like we said, it's his delusion and you shouldn't be buying into it. But going back to why I just think it's selfish is because Bella, I mean, even talks about, I mean, as we get into what happens after this and how she ultimately lets Jacob go in the sense of like, she wants Jacob to still be in her life. And even though Jacob has been clear that like he wants her in a way that she cannot give to him, 
And what a selfless person would do would be like, we can't be friends anymore. Like we can't interact if you, if this is hurting you too much, whereas she selfishly been trying to be like, let's just be friends when it's clear that like Jacob obviously can't do that because he's constantly trying to manipulate you to falling in love with him and whatever. So, but going into that thing that that time when we always write down the same thing, it always happens. There's always one comment every episode Which that we I, both write down the we same already thing. Knew, I, I already knew this was going to be it because <laughs> I was with Charles when he read it. And like I said, the reaction, lots of screaming. <laughs> but basically, as if Jacob wasn't already irredeemable, he literally threatens to get himself killed in the newborn battle unless Bella asks him to kiss her, which is emotionally abusive, manipulative. He's just literal trash. And of course, the worst part of all is that Bella is weak enough to fall for it. <laughs> I hate this part. I hate this part in the books. I hate this part in the movies. Even as a kid, like, you know, but when you're like, when I read this when I was in sixth grade or seventh grade or whatever, I feel like you didn't really know things about consent or like stuff like that, like emotional abuse. But reading it back then, I knew that I was like, this is wrong. And this is why I was like, people growing up, like, I was like, why would you be Team Jacob? He's a terrible person. I'm like, I knew that as an 11 year old. Like, I just, I don't understand how you can read, read this or see this in the movie. And I will say, I think, I can't, I don't remember if the scene is exactly the same in the movie. Maybe it's like a little bit better, but like how it's described in the book is terrible. (laughs) It, it really makes me mad because we've seen Jacob be so bad and Bella Uh, It just makes, it's, it's really disappointing because she's so clear on her decision to be a vampire. So she knows that's what she wants. And she's been so clear with Jacob. And yes, if she was a more selfless person or a more self-aware person, she would have cut Jacob off sooner. But why are you indulging this behavior because you have made your decision. It's the same way. Like, I feel like she shouldn't have been going to La Push in the last reading. Because, like, if you've decided you're going to be a vampire and the vampire and the werewolves are mortal enemies, you picked your team. You don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to have the world served just for you as to your specifications. So it really bothers me that she is, I mean, obviously one that she's being stupid and that she doesn't see that it's a trick on Jacob's part, but that she also doesn't, like, just realize how ridiculous, like, acting like that is going to be. Because she knows she's going to choose Edward. And she's like, maybe if we kiss, I'll change. No, you're not going to change your mind. No, I don't think she, in her mind, it wasn't and that it wasn't that she was like, I'm going to kiss him and it's going to be different. It's she's going to kiss him because she she doesn't want him to go kill himself. Like, that, that literally, like, Bella is... A little gullible and like I said let's Jacob get away with anything but no I think I mean also I mean we're reading the book from her perspective we get all her thoughts she literally is like she says kiss me because she knows that's what he wants and she doesn't want him to get hurt because as we find out like Bella does love Jacob but it's not enough she loves she'll always love Edward more and like we can talk about that in a little bit when mm-hmm. she cuts him off but just like this idea of she really does love him and she cares for him even though, like I said, we, we both agree on the idea that, like, we hate Jacob and we don't understand their relationship. And I think that, yeah, I think he's a toxic person and she should have cut him out. But the fact is, Bella does care for him. And so the fact of him threatening, she's like, I'm going to do literally anything in my power, even if it's going to hurt me, hurt Edward. Like, I 
in that moment, like, I just want to help him, which is gross and terrible. But I have some quotes. Um, (laughs) Please, let's go. Quotes. Quotes (laughs) Quotes to bash Jacob. Quotes to bash Jacob. So this is the description of when they kiss. It says, his lips found mine with an eagerness that was not far from violence. (laughs) Violence. (laughs) I'm ranching. Of course. And I was just like, of course, Jacob's a violent kisser. Like, he's a whole violent personality. He is a violent personality. He's menacing. He's so menacing. I remember from the last episode when you were like, he has to carry on extra clothes. Because he just explodes. Because he has no control over his anger. That's basically the case. He makes me so mad. And then anyway, this is the line from Jacob when they're like... She's kind of just because she even says she's like she just kind of stands there kind of still again and like just lets him kiss her because she just wants him to like do whatever he wants because just assault her, I guess, again. (laughs) And his response when like she's not really doing anything, he says, and I quote, are you sure you want me to come back or did you really want me to die? I have to throw the book across the room. In That's the trash. me throwing my phone across the room right now. Just reading it again. Rip, rip the pages out like terrible. That's why I'm like, I can't, I don't remember. We're going to watch the movie. So we'll see if these exact lines are in the movies. But I mean, I hate the scene. This is, this is the worst part. This is the worst part of the whole series the, in the books and the movies. This is my least favorite part. Like if I could have cut this, I would have cut this and I would have killed Jacob. I would have had Jacob say, I'm going to go kill myself. And Bella would have been like, have fun. And then he died. <laughs> yeah, I would have said, I would have had Bella say, well, if that's what you took being in the friend zone for, maybe it's time for you to go. Like, oh my goodness. I was so mad. Also just seeing through his, also because like. Edward even, like, when she goes back to the tent after, uh, you know, the whole makeout sesh, Edward's, like, he he's, like, you fell for his ruse. Like, he says he was going to kiss you whether you, he was going to kiss you if you said no. Like, he was going to And gonna he was never you. going to sacrifice himself. Like. And he, of course not, because Jacob, like, Jacob is a manipulator. He would have never actually, he's not, whereas Edward, yes, Edward would have done that. Like, I mean, Edward would never threaten Bella, but, like, Edward would actually be willing to, like, kill himself. I mean, he literally almost did. If Bella was dead, like, Jacob would not. And Edward's, like, he just felt bad because he's, like, you fell for his ruse since you asked. He's, like, now I can't kill him because you asked for him to kiss you. Whereas if, basically, he was saying that, like, Jacob's plan was if that she would have been, like, if she wouldn't have asked, Jacob was just going to kiss her anyway. So mm-hmm. then he would have assaulted her again, and then Edward would have had the green light to go kill him which unfortunately that was not the train of events because like we said bella is honestly an idiot in this moment like i i don't know how many times somebody like it's like fool me once shame on you fool me twice like bella i hate her in this book so much it's so frustrating yeah it's this scene though this scene is so frustrating because when she lets down jacob down the line it's a good scene and we'll get to that like the way she kind of uses the kiss well, that's me jumping ahead. Let's let's move on. Let's get to some action because I'm 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 still enraged at yes Jacob because it is like that is it's just manipulative behavior and we we don't we don't appreciate that we don't tolerate that except Bella. We have the Victoria Coven show up and Victoria and Riley show up to Edward, Bella, and Seth. And we're going to meet a lot more of Riley in our bonus episode on Brie Tanner. But basically we have 
Edward and Seth winning the fight against Victoria and Riley. Bella, of course, third wipes it. She draws blood, which distracts those distractible vampires. Of course, we find out afterwards that it almost costs them the fight because Seth was only playing dead. But when Edward tells Bella that, I was like, to be fair, Edward, how was Bella supposed to know that? She's just trying to help. But whatever. Seth and Edward are able to take down Victoria and Riley. And then they're able to go join the Cullens in the baseball clearing. Yes, where we get Carlisle wanting to save Bree, which, of course, super kind of the Cullens. And just further proof that Carlisle specifically is the best. But then Jane and the Voltori come and... First, they threaten Bella being human, and they're like, oh, maybe we need to tell Caius, you know, to come visit to see she's still- might want to come visit you, Bella. Seeing you're still human. I think that's like the line, something like that. And yeah. then they ultimately kill Brie because she broke the rules, even though she obviously didn't know the rules. But, you know, that's the Voltori. And then basically our plot is over, and we're kind of in the wrap-up stages And Bella does agree to let Alice do a full thing for the wedding, which I'm so excited for the wedding, especially when we watch the movie. The wedding is just absolutely stunning. But more importantly, Alice also explains something to Bella, and she kind of explains how, because Bella's like, how are you still able to see my future, but, like, the other, like, vampire powers don't work on me? And Alice is like, well, Jasper can also affect your emotions. And she's like, that's because, like, Jasper's actually affecting you in your body, how you feel. And, like, Alice is seeing you in your body in the future. Whereas all the other powers she's immune to are, like, illusions created in the mind. Like, Jane, she doesn't actually hurt people when she looks at them. It's the illusion of pain. And, like, obviously, Edward reading minds, he's looking in, literally looking to your mind. So it's just, like, this idea of Alice is, like, you're ultimately safe inside of your own mind. Which I think further goes to my theory about Bella having a special power when she transforms. We're basically sure she's going to have a special vampire talent when she transforms. It Caius is like, I really wonder what it's going to be. And Aro's like, I wonder what it's going to be. We should definitely use it for our Volturi powers. And I just think that it's going to be something related to Bella's nonviolence. I'm really wondering if maybe she's going to be able to control her thirst in a new way that she won't ever want to drink human blood. Like she might be able to resist the urges more because of her protected mind. It might not be something quite like that, but I do think that something about her mind protection that Alice specifically brings up, I feel like that will, because your power is somewhat related to a power that you had as a human or an ability that you had as a human. Again, I could be completely wrong, but my theory is that Bella's insulated mind will somehow translate into her being a vampire. Mm-hmm. And I really like the conversation with about the wedding with Alice because Bella's like, okay, Alice, you can do whatever you want. Have you picked out your bridesmaid's dress? And Alice is like, what? And Bella's like, you can see the future, but you couldn't see that. And then <laughs> Bella Edward. <laughs> Alice is like, okay, well, I have to go plan everything. Go play with Edward. And I thought that line, go play with Edward, was really funny. And I'm really, really excited for the wedding. Like, I'm stoked. And here we go. It's time for Bella to go break Jacob's heart. Which, as you all know, I will say, she shouldn't feel badly about because she's literally always said she was going to be with Edward and she was going to marry Edward. So... She really doesn't need to feel badly about hurting Jacob's feelings because, as we all know, this was all in Jacob's head anyway. 
But I have a lot of thoughts on the conversation nonetheless. So one, Edward was not mad at Bella for being awful, falling for Jacob, and arguably cheating on him. Jacob doesn't understand that. He's like, wait, Edward's like still talking to you? And she's like, yes, Edward literally doesn't care because Edward loves me. And Jacob's like, I don't understand that. Because for Jacob, it's all about possessing Bella. It's not about loving Bella. Yeah. Because for him, it's it's proprietary. So he can't understand Edward's true love. So, boom, roasted. Then we have Jacob literally saying the whole plot of this book. He's like, I admit that I was manipulating you because I know you're just going to forgive me. And I was like, well, see, literally everyone in this book knows what's going on except Bella. Bella's not emotionally aware enough to realize that it's all a ruse. Boom, roasted. And then... What the only redeeming aspect of this kiss is that basically Jacob finds out that the outcome didn't change. She kissed him. She had the chance to see if her love for him is the same as her love for Edward or stronger or whatever. And she still chose Edward, which boom roasted again because she'd rather be a vampire, be with a vampire and her human life to be with Edward rather than be with some pathetic sad sack like Jacob. But she, like, it ends up being a useful tool because even Jacob's like, wow, like, if after kissing you, I still couldn't convince you. Maybe you don't like me as much as you like Edward. And she's like, well, we did know that. Like, it's almost like she knew better than him what she wanted. But anyway, that was the only redeeming aspect of the kiss was that at least now Jacob, I think, I hope, understands that Bella has not chosen him. Oh, yeah, he's... He's definitely going into depression mode for the next book. But I do think it's also interesting how Jacob even, because Bella ends up asking, she's like, was it worth it? Like, did you think it was better for you to have kissed me and still known that you weren't good enough? And he's like, yeah, it's better because like, then I would have always guessed, which I do think that idea of wondering is like important that it's like now he knows. And she even says, she's like, honestly, cause he's like, you were just denying yourself. Like you do love me. And she's like, well, maybe I was doing that literally to protect you because I always knew it wouldn't change anything. And then he was like, well, I still would have wanted to know, which is his right, whatever. But we are happy that Bella's, you know, finally putting him in his place. It took way too long. But like you said, the redeeming, the small redeeming part of the kiss is I do understand to an extent, like why she needed to kiss Jacob, So, like, throughout her life, you know, with Edward, it wasn't ever at the back of her mind thinking what could have been with Jacob. Because even, like, when she's kissing him, she, like, explains this idea of she sees where, like, they could have been together. Basically, like, if Edward of net, if she would have never met the Collins, if she would have never met Edward, she probably would have married and, like, lived with Jacob. Which I think is kind of a small way of thinking about things. (laughs) Because does that mean, Bella, you were just going to stay in Forks your whole life? Like, you weren't going to go to college, like... There's a lot of people in the world. Not everybody marries, like, their high school sweetheart. But I understand, you know, if we're just thinking in a small mind. But she basically says, like, she, like, imagined this future life where basically if Edward wouldn't have existed or existed in her world, that she probably would have just ended up with Jacob. Which, I don't know. I think that's kind of sad because, as we said, Jacob is a manipulative, abusive person. So it sounds like a pretty terrible situation to be in. So, uh, thank God Edward was there, I guess. Or, like, I don't know. I don't think... I think... And then this is also something, because she says that, like, she admits she loves Jacob. And obviously, like we said, we we hate Jacob because he sucks. 
But honestly, <laughs> I think Bella's idea of she loves Jacob has more to do with the fact that she went through a very traumatic experience and Jacob was the only person there for her that she like trusted. And so she kind of clung to him. So I do kind of question of like whether she actually loves him. Like I think she She doesn't love him. I think she cares for him and like doesn't want him to get hurt because he took care of her during such a dark point in her life. But like if that wouldn't have happened, like would they have even gotten close like that? Like you know what I mean? Also Yeah, I Cuz the only way, honestly, the only way I see them have ending up together is how if what would have happened in New Moon if Edward would have never come back? And, like, maybe he would have gotten killed by the Volturi because he thought Bella was dead and, like, Alice would have never came back. If the clones would have never came back, that's the only way I see Bella ending up with Jacob. Because, like she said at that book, whenever, when she was getting the point, she would have settled to be with Jacob. She basically would have said, I would have never been the same, but at least Jacob, because, two, since she's got this exposure to the supernatural world already, she would have gotten a little bit with the werewolves. So, like, that's the only way. But if Edward wouldn't have existed... And she never knew anything about vampires or werewolves or anything. I think Bella would have just went to college and just found a normal human boy, a Mike. She would have found a Mike and settled down with him and had kids. Because she was not close to Jacob is because she's It's because she needs sad. to talk to someone. Well, even she needs to. The only reason she goes to Jacob when Edward leaves is because he's the only person that she can talk to about what happened. Because she can't talk about vampires with any normal person. Well, but yeah, if she'd not been she exposed to the supernatural... She would have continued to think of Jacob as a little boy and yeah. And she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have spent nearly as much time. So that's what I'm saying. And like, so if the only, the only like real possibility that they would have ended up together was when she was literally heartbroken and like had PTSD was destroyed from her experience with the Cullens. And she literally says like, that's literally the definition of she would have settled for Jacob because she couldn't have what she really wanted. Like her, again, going back to her comparison of if Romeo didn't want Juliet anymore and she married Paris, that would have been her reality, which is terrible. And Jacob's like, that's that's the better reality for her, where she settles with me. Yeah. But it w- actually, it would be better if she was just dead, as he told her. Better if she was dead than a vampire. I'm so over yeah, him. Yeah, it's just... Uh, but, like, she is able to recognize, like, she'll always love Edward more, and she knows she can't live without him, especially because she talks about how she knows what that feels like to live without Edward and, like, how terrible that was. Because I think she even said the decision might not have been so easy if she didn't know what it was like to be without Edward, something like that. But, like, basically, though, like, in Jake, like, him being with Bella was literally, like, the only way you were going to be with Bella is if she was broken. She was broken and you were her savior and she literally and she literally had no other options that's the only way you were gonna end up with her because like i really don't think that if if she would have moved to forks never met edward she would have kind of minded her own business and then she would have just went to college and like and she probably would have went to college in like florida or something so she probably would never seen jacob again so yeah i definitely yeah yeah, we hate jacob yeah the timeline where she ends up with jacob is completely incidental on her timeline with edward but because she would always love Edward more, the only way that would work is if she if she meets Edward, but then loses Edward permanently. That's the only way she could be with Jacob. And also, we didn't even mention, though, that Jacob gets hurt at the end of the vampire battle by, like, a loan. He, like, saves Leah, and mm-hmm. he gets hurt, and that's why, like, she goes to visit him, and he's, like, in his bed, and, you know, she's all sick about it because he's hurt, and I'm like... If I was Stephanie Meyer, like, I think I would have killed him. I think I would have killed him. 
That would have been the chance. Yeah, Let him go. Right there. He gets yeah, hurt. Bella dead. gets enough trauma of never being able to cut him off. But like knowing deep down she made the right choice. Ooh, make Bella way darker. Yeah, I like that. Also, wait, one last thing I want to say too is when <laughs> after Bella has this whole conversation with Jacob and she goes home, she's just in tears. She cries for like. The whole night. And she's like, I promised Edward I would never let him see me cry over Jacob Black again. Yeah, Bella cries for like hours and hours on end after like doing this breakup thing with Jacob. And there's a moment when she says, she says when she gets extremely hysterical because she remembered like earlier that morning when she had made an internal promise that Edward would never see her cry another tear for Jacob. And she goes crazy. Because obviously she's been bawling over him. And like, and she's like, now I've just broken my promise again. More tears. And then she like falls asleep. And when she wakes up and like Edward's like, you can tell he she's like, he looks like he's ready for, you know, the waterfalls to come. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like that won't happen again. He's like, are you sure you made the right decision? Because <laughs> she doesn't crying. And she's like, you don't understand. Because in my head, I'm like, you don't understand. Because like she's crying over Jacob. If she would have given up you, she would have jumped off the cliff. And actually tried Truly. to get her like this whole honestly i wish edward sometimes could read bella's thoughts just that he knows because bella takes him so for granted and she's so stupid about like and she's bad at expressing how she feels about edward i mean she's only in this book she's been really good about it before but in this book she's not as clear on it mostly because she keeps flirting with jacob yeah but it would have been really nice in that moment if edward could have read her thoughts just so that he would know like because she doesn't explain it as well as she could have. Like, but anyway, at least she's like, I'm ready for the ring. It's time to tell yeah. Charlie. And I was Thank so sad we didn't get that scene. But whatever. We'll get it next book. It's not in the book. It's something. It happens between books. <gasps> well, I'm going to start reading as soon as we finish recording. And um, I'm excited to see how that fight goes down. <gasps> But yeah, at least we can just be happy, you know, it's finally the death of the love triangle. And I think why the love triangle in this series is so, like we said, infuriating, it's because it's like, I'm thinking of how we've talked about like Hunger Games before, like with Peta, Katniss, and Gail. That one's at least a little bit different because even though Gail kind of like doesn't necessarily become a problematic character, but he has different ta- uh, different opinions on things than Katniss, whereas, like, Katniss and Pete agree on things more. Gil is still essentially, like, a good person, whereas Jacob in this is a bad person. So it's, like, it shouldn't be a love triangle because Jacob is just bad for you. He's... Well, He's not worthy of consideration because he doesn't deserve it, whereas Gail and Peta both, like... They're still, like, worthy. Also, they're not fighting over her the same way. Like, Jacob is like, I must win you. Like, he literally says it to her. Whereas Gail and Peta both just, like... They love her. They just, and, like... They love Gail her. Gail was her best friend and kind of puts it out there that he's like, I would want to be with you if you wanted that, but I'm not going to fight you on it. Like, I'll put in my... And he doesn't, like, go up to Peta and be like, let me take you out. <laughs> like, she'd be better off with me. Like... Yeah, you're, I think that's totally right, and I can't wait for us to read Hunger Games to talk about that love triangle. But I do think that, like, that one is a little less infuriating because... And maybe it's because in this series, like, they're werewolves versus vampires, like, mortal enemies. But, like, it's ultimately why the love triangle to me is so problematic is Jacob. Like, Jacob is a terrible person. Like, he's literally an abusive, toxic person. Like, he's the kind of person when people talk about, like, that's my toxic ex. Like, that is, he's that person. So it's, like, the fact that he's even in this love triangle. Yeah, it's infuriating because he doesn't really, like, deserve to be considered 
Whereas, like... He comes across more as the toxic ex, like, that won't let it go. That, like, he's the predator. Let... He's a predator. Yeah. Whereas, We're... like, Gail and Peta are both just, like, really into her. Yeah, so we're just happy for that to be over. I'm so excited for us to be starting Breaking Dawn next week. We are going to be reading parts one and two for next week, which is chapters one through 18. Yes, it's finally time for Bella to become a vampire. I am so ready for this. And remember, before you start reading, you can actually listen to our Brie Tanner bonus episode. We just have a short episode covering the short second life of Brie Tanner Similar but slightly different format. Obviously, we don't have to do all of our podcasty introductiony stuff, but you know, there's not very much plot to cover. But it's really a good read because it flushes out the world more and the experience with this book more. And that bonus episode is already available for you in the podcast feed wherever you get our episodes regularly. Yes, and we also in that bonus episode you really get to see um, the perspective of a vampire because obviously. In the Twilight Saga, everything's told from Bella's perspective, and we're going to have a little bit from Jacob's perspective, but this is our first reading from a vampire perspective and a real vampire who kills people, so it's very interesting. So please go check it out, and if you have any predictions, theories, or questions, or you just want to keep talking to us about Twilight more, remember that you can stay in touch with us about anything on the Nerd Party website. You can head over to nerdparty.com contact and select throwback paperback. You can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on Twitter at JoyNerdParty or on Instagram at TheNerdParty and Facebook.com slash TheNerdParty. And to find me, I'm at AsiaBonia on Twitter and at Asia.Bonia on Instagram. And I'm at C.E. Sheeland on Twitter and Instagram. And remember that as a podcast, we grow by reviews and subscriptions and sharing it. So make sure that you rate and review the show. Share it with your friends and family, of course. And always check out the other amazing podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. And make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yes, hit that subscribe and have a good one. We'll see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.